welcome to the second episode of the EPL Roundup. Game week 3 is starting on Saturday. Before that, we take a look at some of the best matches of the previous week. I am Sappy and today joining me are Arka, Rajdeep and Chand. First, we have Everton versus West Brom. James Rodriguez scored his first Premier League goal and Dominic Calvert-Lewin bagged the hat-trick as Everton thrashed 10-man West Bromwich Albion 5-2 at Goodison Park on Saturday. Everton appeared sloppy at times compared with their 1-0 win at Tottenham Hotspur in their season opener. But their improvement from last season continues to be dramatic, while for West Brom, 8 goals conceded in 2 games shows the measure of their task in the Premier League. Everton created 32 goal attempts in their opening two matches with four of them converted by Calvert-Lewin. Can Ancelotti's Everton be challengers for the top 4? Well, it's too early to say, but certainly Ancelotti has improved his team in a great way. The team has got quality in attack and midfield and looking great in shape. They have gone through a renaissance in the midfield with three top signings who are already building quality in midfield. Now it's up to Everton to keep this composure and go on further. Did Real make a mistake by selling James Rodriguez? I certainly feel it was good for Rodriguez to leave Real Madrid due to lack of game time there. Down the years, they were destroying a player with top potential and it's quite visible in the impact he made in Premier League already. Not only did he score his first goal this match, but he also controlled the game single-handedly. in the attacking midfield definitely i feel it's a mistake to let go of a talent of this stature can calvert lewin achieve a breakthrough for the national squad well it is too early to analyze i honestly feel he has got a bright start to the campaign with four goals in his bag within two league games as you know as a matter of fact premier league is the most competitive among all the leagues so it is time is of the essence here england already has top notch players in the attacking front If Calvert Lewin can be this consistent throughout the season, then surely Gareth Southgate will give him a chance. Next up, we have Manchester United, who began their Premier League campaign with a loss at home to Crystal Palace as Wilfred Zaha scored a brace in a 3-1 win for the Eagles at Old Trafford. United started the match with their only first-team signing of the summer, Donny van de Beek, on the bench, and he was joined there by Dean Henderson, who got a new contract recently. De Gea started ahead of him even after his struggling form. United started the game slowly without any composure to penetrate the defense of Crystal Palace and Townsend exploited the lacks defending by Luke Shaw and Victor Lindelof to put the visitors in front in no time. However, Van de Beek was the only good thing about the match for the Reds as he emerged from the bench after the break and scored but not before Palace had doubled their lead. through a controversial Wilfred Zaha penalty and restored his team's two-goal lead in the 85th minute. Do you think the United's defense is getting worse every day? I feel they need improvements in the defense line as Lindelof and Luke Shaw was instrumental in the mishap of the first goal. Harry Maguire is yet to prove his price tag of 85 million and take the team in the right direction. They are in a dire need of a central defender and a left back to improve the back line. I hope the last two weeks might turn the fates around with some new faces in the dressing room. What do you make of the performance by debutant Van de Beek? 
He was outright brilliant in his performance as he netted his first goal in his debut and showed some real quality and composure the minute he got on the pitch. There are huge expectations from him. Let's see how he develops with star players like Pogba and Fernandes beside him. Do you think Pogba, Bruno and Van de Beek should start together? As you noticed the last weekend, he came on on a substitute for Paul Pogba and scored his first goal. There might be a chance he might be used more as a super sub to break the shackles of a match. I feel all of the three can start together as Gary Neville stated. Paul Pogba can play the role of Henderson or Fabinho in Liverpool. By playing deep in the midfield, he can let Bruno and Van de Beek play more offensive football and thus create more chances. So let's wait until we get to see all of three of them playing together. Tell me, where do you feel the Red Devils need to invest? After watching the disgraceful performance at defense this weekend, I certainly feel they have a lot of positions they need to strengthen on. They need at least three more signings to stand a chance to challenge for the title after Van de Beek being their only signing this summer. They need a left back, a center back and a right wing. Lindelof has turbulent seasons since he joined from Benfica and lacked consistency. While Luke Shaw's injuries have caused a lot of predicament and they need someone experienced in that position to compete for the first team start. They also need some experience in the right wing though Greenwood had a brilliant season last year. Now let's take a look at the London clubs. We had the London derby Arsenal versus West Ham. The Gunners bet the Hammers 2-1 thanks to Enketia's late strike. Lacazette scored the first goal for Arsenal. But it was not the Arsenal under Arteta that we knew about. They were incredible against Fulham, but West Ham showed their flaws. They were lacking the crispness of passing. Granite Zaka and Dani Sibolos have been showing good standards for Arteta since lockdown. But they both struggled against a compact West Ham, who gave them very little time on the ball. Arsenal's plan to create situations with Sibolos actually didn't work. The midfield was cut open as Zaka failed to provide cover as a defensive shield. They even couldn't gain control of the game, which resulted in West Ham's 17 shots on goal, compared to Arsenal's 7. Alexander Lacazette and Aubameyang were often left isolated. Even Willian wasn't as bright as his debut. Even going forward, Arsenal didn't find a natural pace. What do you think? To some extent, that is West Ham's credit. They started with 5 at the back and were defensively better than their opener against Newcastle. Artur Masuako and Ryan Fredericks, acting as wing-backs, provided more defensive solidity. Though Lacazette scored his half-century, he was struggling. In the previous seasons, he didn't score enough goals, but his work off the ball and his ability to link up play made up for it. This season, the role has reversed. He has two goals from two matches now, but he failed to shine against West Ham as his usual link and hold play were not there. He was replaced by Niketia later in the match. The defence was itself shaky today, don't you think? Gabriel didn't look as commanding as his debut against Fulham. He was almost caught handball which was ruled out by the video assistant referee. Saliba is not yet fully fit to start. I hope there will be certain improvement with him in the starting lineup. Don't you think the left hand struggled in the absence of Tierney? There was a sudden change in the lineup just before the kickoff as Tierney was withdrawn in the warm-up with a tight hip. There is a difference in the quality of Kolasinac and Tierney. Arteta's pseudo back four works well due to Tierney playing 
both as a center back and a left back. He is good with the ball and can also create chances. Kolasinac struggled to give what TNE offered. Ahead of the break, Saka struggled a bit defensively. He started in the place of Maitland Niles. They lacked chemistry. But Saka should be thanked for the three points which the Gunners got. Saka contributed largely to both the goals. Arsenal's side suddenly looked alive in the 25th minute when he released Aubameyang down the left. A wonderful cross by the Arsenal skipper and Lacazette headed his 50th goal for the Gunners. The build-up of the winner also came from Saka's foot. He went infield from his wing-back position. There were eight blue shirts behind the ball, but he managed to pass it to Ceballos, who was onside. He passed it generously to Enketia, who finished it for the Gunners. There was a bust-up between Enketia and Ceballos during the warm-up before the Fulham match. It was a different picture against West Ham. Things like that might happen during warm-up or practice. Rough tackles set everyone's mood off. They are professional footballers and they acted like professionals. They combined to provide the crucial goal. Southampton hosted Tottenham at the St. Mary Stadium. Tottenham won the game 5-2 with Hyung Min Sun scored four times and Harry Kane bagging four assists and his Premier League goal this season. Danny Ings restarted his stellar form scoring a double against Spurs scoring one from the spot. Tottenham looked better than their opener. Are they going back to their best? Tottenham had an incredible match against Southampton. Southampton lacked pressure on the ball, which made the job a lot easier for Tottenham. Tangui Ndombele is finally being worthy of his prize tag. In back-to-back matches, he showed his class in the middle of the park. Lo Celso and Lamela, after coming off the bench, added to the strong performance in the second half. They are looking like being the big six of EPL. Surely the addition of Bell and Region will bolster Mourinho's squad. We have always known Harry Kane as a poacher, but against Southampton, he showed his playmaking ability. Well, he wears a number 10, so he must play like one. That's not the point though. We didn't expect this either. He has always been the goal scorer, but not the one giving the assist. Even in the last season, he had two assists and in the single match, he assisted four to Son. He drifted wide to get space for Son to make his runs and scored four. His lobs and through balls were precise. We saw a new aspect to Harry Kane's game. Is Son the greatest Asian player to play in the Premier League? That's a matter of perspective, I guess. There had been some world-class Asian footballers like Yoshi Benayon and Park Ji Sung, the most decorated Asian in the Premier League. Both got a taste of European glory with Benayon winning the Europa League with Chelsea and Park Ji Sung, a regular in the legendary Manchester United under Ferguson. If trophy count is the measure of success, then Son is nowhere near that. Technically, he is on the same level as the previous two Asians. Son can use both feet equally well and has got accuracy and precision when it comes to shooting. He is a versatile player playing mainly as a second striker for the London team but can also play as a left winger, left midfielder or an attacking midfielder. In the absence of Harry Kane in 2018-19, he even played as a striker. He has shown his excellence in big games like the one against Manchester City in the UCL semi-finals. He is fast on the field and that is evident from the solo goal he scored against Burnley last season, starting the run from his own half beating all the defenders with his pace and a clinical right foot finish. 
that is one of the 57 goals he scored in 162 appearances he has also laid down 29 assists for the teammates he is the highest goal scoring asian in the premier league i am not sure if he is the greatest asian of all time in the premier league but he is undoubtedly the best asian forward to ever play in the english top flight delhi ali was omitted from the spurs side and his links to psg Dele Ali is the only attacking midfielder in the ranks of Mourinho. There has been a dip in his form. He was substituted in the home match against Everton and hasn't played a single minute in the Premier League yet. According to certain reports, he has been linked to a move to PSG, but Mourinho sees him staying. Dele Ali has been inconsistent since his arrival from MK Dons. He might not get much minutes under the Portuguese, okay? But Every time he's on the pitch, he must show what he can do. Ali might form a dream partnership with Mbappe and Neymar, but I don't see that move happening anytime soon. Now, we will be talking about the match between Chelsea and the defending champions Liverpool. Liverpool started brilliantly as usual, but Chelsea were able to put up a strong defensive performance in the first half. Perfect standing tackles, powerful charging, and proper passing in the midfield. However, There were a few shaky passes but they still managed to regain possession soon after they lost it. There were two three very good counter attacks that proved that Chelsea can be very dangerous going up the pitch with fast and technical passing but they were not able to finish them with Fabinho defending and reading the game beautifully and blocking Timo Werner's shots. Everything changed at the brink of half time when Andreas Christensen fouled Sadio Mane. He wasn't confident about the situation and it was a clear red card as the ball was clearly going to be on Sadio Mane's foot making it a goal scoring opportunity and denying those opportunities is clearly a red card. Second half saw Lampard bringing Fikio Tomori in restoring a four man backline with four men creating a kind of diamond in the middle of the park and a lone man up top. Liverpool's excellent passing pierced through the walls of Chelsea before Mane putting it in Chelsea's net and a clear passing error by Kepa cost Chelsea the second goal going down by 2-0. An amazing save by Alisson Becker surely sealed Liverpool's victory at the bridge on Sunday evening and it's up to Chelsea to get their fitness and injuries to get over with so that they can put up even more strong performances. Jorginho lost his 100% penalty conversion rate. Does Kepa still deserve the standing spot? Kepa surely made a wrong decision passing straight towards Jorginho and he regrets it. The goalkeeper position is the most important position in the starting 11. Causing elsewhere in the pitch a mistake doesn't cost so heavily as it does when the goalie makes one. And it's obviously a goal which you don't want when you're 10 men down. And the match is going scoreless. Lampard said after the match that it was clear mistake from Kepa and is bringing in the competition in the form of Edward Mendy who also brings stability at the goalie position with the Blues are clearly lagging from this last season. Is Kai Havertz being overhyped? It's always a pressure on a player when there's a hefty price tag attached to their name. Havertz mentioned that he's not taking any kind of pressure, but a player who was on a holiday enjoying his vacation and then coming on to play in a different league, it surely needs some time to understand how the Premier League works and adjust with the pace and physicality of English football. And it's not just him, it's with the whole team. They haven't had pre-season and they're not yet fit. The tie with Barnsley will be very important game to raise their fitness level. So yeah, every one of them needs some time to settle in and gel with the team, building up chemistry. Why is Rudiger out of the squad? 
As Frank Lampard said after the match that he has five center backs with him right now and he had to choose someone over the other. He makes his decision to choose the squad over how well the players perform in the training session. And there are only five spots for the substitutes. So someone had to take a step back and it was Rudiger for the match against Liverpool. That does not mean that Rudiger's future is in doubt. He clearly is a strong defender who had led Chelsea's defense centrally and under Sarri and under Lampard at the start of previous season. But it wasn't his best season last year. This year he'll be looking forward to work hard enough to be in the starting 11 competing with the likes of Zoma who seems to be a clear starter with Thiago Silva who will start once he's completely match fit. Will this Chelsea team look different after all the new signings be fit? Yes, obviously the game against Liverpool showed how Chelsea lacked creativity and they needed a natural winger like ZH who can put up accurate long balls which Cesc Fabregas has done for Chelsea in the past few years. And the likes of Pulisic who can be a solid man going through the defence taking the responsibility in his own hands. The midfield was way too defensive. Ascanti is a purely defensive midfielder who is amazing to watch every time with Yogano who failed clearly to put up an impressive performance and passing the ball backwards and also Kovacic. All three of them were too defensive leaving the top three clueless up the pitch. Frank Lampard has five actual starters who can change the game and bring in a new dimension but they are out with injury and inappropriate fitness level. Once those players are back, Chelsea will definitely look a great team to watch both in Premier League and in Champions League. The last match of the day is Manchester City against Wolverhampton. We saw the vintage Guardiola City in this match, unlikely of the previous year. Sergio Aguero, Bernardo Silva, Ike Gundogan, Alexander Zinchenko and Joao Cancelo were missing but are expected to return in the next match. They created a lot of chances and carried and passed the ball among themselves and they soon gained the deserving 2-0 lead at the end of the first half with De Bruyne cover converting a penalty and Foden finishing the chance created by De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling. Wolves tried to fought back the second half. Jimenez scored a goal for Wolves, but Gabriel Jesus' goals ended their hopes. City won the match 3-1. Even after David Silva leaving, we say a productive Manchester midfield. They still have De Bruyne. He can be considered to be the best midfielder of the last few years. They have also got Sterling and Foden helping him out from the wings. Moreover, Pep's tiki-taka helps them to flourish. I didn't find any flaw in today's game of City. How was Nathan Ake on his debut? He showed his class against Wolves. He had a pretty decent game. His three tackles and six interceptions were not great defensive numbers, but they were alright considering his first game for City. But, but, City need another centre back for a starter. Otherwise, it would be very difficult to regain the title. Is Rui Patricio one of the most underrated goalkeepers? Rui Patricio joined the Premier League side Wolverhampton Wanderers from Sporting CB in 2018. Since joining the Premier League, he faced 267 shots on target and saved 185 of them with a save percentage of 68.5. Though the numbers are not that impressive but his performance on the pitch surely is. We must not forget that he plays for Wolves who are not defensively superior. Wolves had an average of 48.3% position and with a 59% tackle last season. In this match against City, he made some crucial saves denying Debrew not once, but twice. Well, 
This marks the end of our second episode of the EPL Roundup. We hope you liked this episode. You can let us know about your honest opinions by contacting us on Instagram at Football Extra. Stay safe and spread love. Until next time.